0: I'm Janice Ellis with Ellis Farms in Stanton, Texas, and you're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now, here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is great to be back in the saddle for
2: another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation. Texas agriculture. In the news today, corn harvest is underway in the Rio Grande Valley, and they're harvesting a pretty good corn crop this year. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: There's no getting around the fact that the outcome was pretty dismal for the Texas High Plains wheat crop this season, but there actually are some positive notes to talk about. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
2: The state of the Texas economy during the highest inflation period in 40 years. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have comments from the state's Comptroller of Public Accounts, Glenn Hager, on Texas Ag Today.
4: Sometimes the simplest inputs can threaten the availability of food in our country. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I'll tell you about one in today's report from the Rolling Plains.
2: We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Corn harvest is getting underway in the Rio Grande Valley, and the crop has the potential to be a good one. Valley farmers received some timely rains that should help when it's time to roll the combine. Sam Simmons farms in Harlingen.
5: My corn looks fantastic. Uh, That was planted, this was all planted early. Uh, It it was, you know, some of the first stuff that went in. And we had good moisture going into the year. Uh, It was once we got into mid-March, beginning of April, heavy winds, hot days. It dried us out really quick. But aside from that, it looks like it's going to be a pretty decent crop.
2: And his harvest should start soon.
5: I'm probably three or four weeks out from harvesting my corn but it, it's not too far out. Uh, I, I think there's going to be some people jumping from sorghum to corn, back to sorghum, and then straight into cotton.
2: One of those people jumping from crop to crop with the combine is Bryce Wilde. He's finished up his sorghum harvest, and he's now moved on to corn. Both of those crops have looked good this year, and cotton isn't far behind.
5: It's also looking fantastic. I think we would have liked to rain a couple weeks ago, but same story with that one. We had great start, underground moisture, and you know, we had that big rain that that helps things move along. Um, so now we're just trying to finish out the top top crop. Uh, but we're already starting to see in some places five to ten percent open bowls. So uh, I, I think we we might start seeing pickers rolling in our area probably probably the middle of July um, is when things will probably start taking off where we're at.
2: The first bale of cotton in the valley was harvested on June twenty third. Cow herd liquidation is going on all over Texas and of course most of it's due to drought Texas a and m livestock marketing specialist David Anderson
5: I think we've got a huge amount of drought uh, liquidation going on and and I might argue too that you know it's not all drought some of it is some of this moving more cows has to do with calf prices that have not kept up with higher input costs but certainly drought is is i think a huge part of this and and not just here but really the western half of the u.s has has really caused a huge amount of drought and when i you know i say huge amount let's put that in context uh last week uh beef cow slaughter was over eighty thousand head for the week again so we've had several weeks in a row of more than eighty thousand head that's the biggest cow slaughter in a decade and so we got to get back to the our our drought of 11 and 12 to get to that kind of cow herd liquidation numbers
2: Texas A&M Livestock Marketing Specialist David Anderson. The Texas High Plains wheat crop was pretty dismal this year, but James Hunt tells us there are some positive things to talk about.
3: With the extreme hardship of a season-long drought, the number of wheat acres that made it to grain harvest is down significantly in the Texas Panhandle South Plains region, and even for those fields that did manage to produce a crop, the numbers that are in so far show production on a bushel per acre basis is off significantly. Steely Fishbocker is with Texas wheat producers.
6: In a typical year, irrigated yields could be up to 60, higher in those higher management areas. And we're seeing those come in around 40 for an average. In terms of dry land, it's even more variable. We've got yields as low as five. In some areas, they were able to get up to 20 bushels per acre. But again, just off of those averages quite a bit.
3: However, Fishbacher says in most areas where a harvest was possible, the quality of the wheat was pretty good.
6: Our test weights have been about 58 to 60 and protein has been 12 percent or higher. Some of the irrigated fields coming in around 12 and then dry land even higher than that. So we're just in the preliminary stages of doing some of the baking test, but that quality data is coming in that this should be a very high quality crop.
3: So that's good news, but Fishbacher says the number of abandoned acres around the region appears to be up by about 35 percent from last year. However, farmers do stand to get some benefit from the strong wheat market in the form of crop insurance.
6: The level of prices that we're seeing, we would love to be able to take advantage of that by selling grain, but it does play into our crop insurance program as well. So whenever a producer suffers a loss, if they have revenue protection, that harvest price has just been set at the end of June at $10.88. So that's much higher than what we've seen in recent years.
3: More from Steely Fishbacher tomorrow. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Texas has the ninth largest economy in the world. Tom Nicoletti takes a look at how that big economy is coping with all of the negative economic factors our nation is facing. My guest today is State Comptroller Glenn Hager. And uh, Comptroller Hager, uh, the Texas economy, ninth largest in the world. How is the economy doing considering uh, the high inflation uh, that uh, the residents of the state uh, are experiencing at this
7: time? If you look across the state, and again, you know, we always have to keep in perspective, it's across every single industry sector across the state of Texas, agriculture and every other industry sector, as well as taking into account every issue that people are dealing with. And so the point, being the ninth largest economy in the world, 12 economic regions, 254 counties, taking that global view, state economy is in a very strong position. However, I started making this comment a year ago that unfortunately whatever business you're in, you're dealing with labor shortages, inflationary pressures, supply chain issues, and, and all of those are continuing even more so today. And especially in the agriculture world, we all know, you know, with the drought, which is so significant across wherever you're at. But if you look at the totality of every industry sector, the state economy is in a very strong position. I think from an inflationary standpoint, we're getting to the point now to where even when we have strong growth, inflationary costs are almost counterbalancing that. So we're really not in a better position month to month, even though we're growing just because inflation is so high and so strong. But the fact is, overall, the state economy is in a good position compared to most states and most nations around the world. Growing up in agriculture myself, uh, growing up in a farming family, you have good years and you have bad years. Unfortunately, this is a rough year. I mean, not just the drought. That's one. Inflationary prices that we have not seen in 40 years to where input costs, whether if it's crops, fertilizer, diesel, ranch with feed cost. I mean, you know, the fact is all these factors are very significant. I will have more with Glenn Hager, Texas Comptroller
2: of Public Accounts, on our next program. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Sometimes the simplest inputs can threaten the availability of our food supply in this country. Barry Mahler has more from the Rolling Plains.
4: Back in 2010, the federal government mandated that all diesel engines in the U.S. and anything larger than a half-ton pickup would be required to use DEF to reduce emissions. So DEF, which is short for diesel exhaust fluid, came on the market for the first time. Now, it's made of 67.5% distilled water and 32.5% urea. Now, this is the same urea that farmers have traditionally used as nitrogen fertilizer for a long time fluid works by injecting it into the exhaust system of the diesel engine, causing the impurities from combustion to be burned away. The good news about DEV is that it allowed the manufacturers to continue to build high horsepower engines that the trucking, construction, and ag industries needed and still meet the new emission standards. DEV has been readily available for use and reasonably priced until lately when it's become short, hard to get, and much more expensive. The shortage started during the COVID shutdown when supply chain tightened for lots of products. You probably remember the empty shelves in the supermarket and empty lots at the local car dealership. And the supply shortage of death has become much worse. Not only is there a shortage of workers for the railroads that move most of the death throughout the country, but also a shortage of urea due to supplies from Russia, a major supplier being shut down due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So now we have only a fraction of the product available at a much higher price, and that could filter down to more shortages of food and other supplies. If the shortages continue, it could prevent the distribution of food, medicine, and other supplies that are needed to sustain life and keep the economy moving along. As I record this report, the good news is is that supplies of urea seem to be loosening up somewhat, and we've seen at least slight reductions in fertilizer prices and a little better availability. But the main thing to take away from this is that something as simple as distilled water and fertilizer can bring our ag, construction, and transportation industries to a halt. We talk a lot about sustainability in this country, especially in agriculture. So maybe we need to look further ahead with some of these regulations to see whether or not it moves toward more or less sustainability now that we know that our ability to produce, process, and transport food depends on it reporting from the rolling plains of texas i'm barry Mahler for texas ag today
8: carbon markets water in species mitigation and ecosystem services will be addressed during an upcoming private lands summit i'm jessica dolmel and i'll have details coming up on texas ag today
2: and heat stroke is a life-threatening condition in dogs Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Heat stroke is a
2: life-threatening condition in dogs, but Dr. Bob Judd says it can be prevented.
9: Heat stroke can lead to severe brain, kidney, and liver damage. Body temperatures over 105 degrees Fahrenheit can lead to coma and death, and it is amazing how quickly this can occur in the Texas heat. Just a few minutes of playing outside in the midday heat and humidity can cause heat stroke to occur. And if you have an older dog or a dog with a smushed face, like a bulldog or Boston Terrier, heat stroke can even occur quicker. Signs of heat stroke include excessive panting, excessive drooling, rapid heart rate, seizures, wobbling when walking or collapse, and bright red or purple gum color. Everyone knows not to leave your pet in a hot car, but you may not realize how quickly heat stroke can occur. Just a few minutes in a hot car and the Texas heat can lead to heat stroke. Another common cause of heat stroke is a lack of water, so make sure water is available for your outside pets and plenty of shade is also available. And check the water routinely, as some pets knock over the water bowl and can be without water for hours. Indoor dogs can be more susceptible to heat stroke as they are not acclimated to the outside heat like dogs that live outside. If you think your pet has heat stroke, take the rectal temperature with a human digital thermometer, and all pet owners should have one of these thermometers. If the temperature is over 104 degrees and your pet has been in a high-heat environment, overheating is likely the problem. Try to cool the pet as quickly as possible, but do not use cold water, only cool water. And call your veterinarian. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Carbon
2: markets, water and species mitigation, and ecosystem services will all be covered in an upcoming Private Land Summit. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report.
8: Time is running out for Texas wildlife enthusiasts and landowners to sign up for the Texas Wildlife Association's 37th Annual Convention and Private Land Summit. The convention will be held July 14th through the 17th at the JW Marriott in San Antonio. Justin Bliss, Chief Executive Officer of the Wildlife Association, says the event will include exhibits, live and silent auctions, a Texas Big Game Award celebration, networking opportunities, and educational seminars. The Private Land Summit will be held Thursday, July 14th. This year's theme is Today's Wild West of Ecosystem Services.
5: We're going to talk about carbon markets, mitigation banking, water... Species mitigation, both. We're going to hear from a lot of big corporations that are feeling pressure to be environmentally friendly, and they're wanting to put their resources into environmentally friendly practices. And so that's an opportunity really where they have a need to invest in sound land stewardship. Private landowners need funding to do new private land stewardship projects and so there's really an opportunity to put those two together and pulling in some of these big corporations that are feeling that pressure, pulling in private landowners that are taking advantage of some of these markets here on the front end, is just a great opportunity to mesh the two groups and find opportunities to work together.
8: You can register for the convention and or the private lands summit on wildlife 2022.com. That is wildlife2022.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
2: It's time for a look at the markets. So how did the markets trade on Monday? Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
10: Attention farmers and ranchers ages 18 to 35. Texas Farm Bureau has an amazing opportunity to highlight individual achievements, discuss complex agricultural issues, share your Texas Ag story, and be rewarded. Full-time producers can apply for the Outstanding Young Farmer and Rancher Contest for a chance to win a $60,000 prize package. Part-time producers and those individuals involved in other ag industries can participate in the Excellence in Agriculture contest for a chance to win a $15,000 prize package. Actively contributing and growing in agriculture and the Texas Farm Bureau has its benefits, like cash prizes and recognition for a job well done. For more details and an application, visit texasfarmbureau.org. Applications are due August 4th.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
8: After closing lower on Friday due to grain trading higher for much of the day at the end of the week, the cattle markets rebounded a bit on Monday on good demand. August live cattle up $2.20 to one thirty six fifteen. October live cattle up $1.47 to one forty forty two. August feeder cattle up three dollars and fifteen cents to one hundred seventy-four eighty seven. September feeder cattle up two sixty-seven to one hundred seventy seven forty. Boxed beef was higher. Choice up a dollar to two hundred and sixty-eight dollars and eighty-nine cents. Select up two dollars and thirty-four cents to two hundred and forty-four dollars and nineteen cents. Now let's check those livestock options. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble.
7: When you hear auctioneer Troy sound off, it's time to head to producers in Cargyle in San Angelo. They had no sales last week, but they'll have sheep and goats on Tuesday, cattle on Thursday this week. Jody, talk to us about them both.
0: Oh, I look for bigger numbers. Like we talked, Larry, they're, they're already coming for the for the folks that didn't take off this week. There's a lot of cattle moving. There will be next week. Uh, I've seen more hay moving today and cottonseed cube feeders. seen one boy with a load of cottonseed. I don't know where he got it from, but I'm sure he had something to feed it to, and I bet they'll be ready for it
7: what kind of numbers do you think will pull sheep and goat wise? it's not going to be a two-day sale is it
0: well i hope not uh, we've got that eid behind us for all those holiday animals it'll just be back to you know whatever the market can support we've got to get through july and august these really hot spells there's still a lot of animals out there i'm sure but hopefully not as many as we saw leading up to that eid holiday i would think in the, more of the range of seven to nine thousand but who knows it's so hot and dry that they're going to need to go somewhere
7: right you think we'll draw a 1,000 cattle?
0: Oh, I think maybe twice that many. Uh, I suspect some of these bigger ranchers will get back to moving. They were a little bit hesitant about being uh, there at that last sale right before the 4th. Our numbers dropped off a little, but I I think we'll double up come this time next week.
7: Uh, Jody, tell everybody how to contact you.
0: We'll be back there at the office on Monday. Call us at 325-653-3371. If you need something in the meantime, call 325- 234-7895.
7: I appreciate you listening to the program. I put together for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I call it Walking the Pins. They call me Larry Marble, and we'll see you tomorrow. Good day.
8: July lean hogs rose 30 cents Monday to 113.15. August lean hogs down 80 cents to 108.37. July class three milk down six cents to 22.73 a hundred weight. August class three milk down 11 cents to 21.64 a hundred weight. New COVID-related lockdowns in China pushed cotton to trade lower for much of the day on Monday. October cotton down 17 points to 102.44. December cotton down 79 points to 94.84. Supported by hot and dry weather across much of the Corn Belt, including right here in Texas, corn traded higher on Monday. July corn up 3 to 781 and a quarter. September corn up 3 and 3 quarters to 637 even. December corn up 5 and a half to 629 even. July hard red wheat down 30 and a half Monday to 920 and a quarter. September hard red wheat down 30 and a half to 915 and a quarter. July 2023, hard red wheat down 30 and a quarter to 9.07 and a quarter. August natural gas rose 39 cents Monday to 6.42. September natural gas up 35 cents to 6.32. We saw crude oil fall on Monday as high demand was tempered by COVID-related lockdowns in China. August, West Texas intermediate crude oil down 51 cents to 104.28 a barrel. September crude oil down 13 cents to 101.40 a barrel. The Dow down 100 points Monday to 31,237. The S&P 500 down 36 to 3,862. The NASDAQ down 223 to 11,412. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Be sure to tune in next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica duhl and I hope to see you then.
1: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org